Welcome wrestling fans from around the world to In the Ring with Brandy. I'm your host Brandy and on this show we talk about all things wrestling from AEW to Impact, Ring of Honor, WWE's Raw, Smackdown, NXT, NXT UK and New Japan Pro Wrestling. On tonight's show we're doing a double feature guys, double feature. It will be AEW from 626, Impact from 624, AEW from 630, and Impact from 7-1. So guys, let's get into this action right now and let's have a little bit of fun. So let's jump into AEW for 626. AEW opens up with Sean Spears, of course, attacking Sammy Guevara. Now, we know what's been going on with Inner Circle and the Pentacle. Back and forth, they've been attacking each other. And the fights have been pretty crazy. And, you know, we're expecting, you know, we've seen this culminate, you know, this culminating into a huge fight. We saw it at Double or Nothing. Of course, Inner Circle won. But, of course, MJF's not going to let everything go. So, you kind of expect this. So, we knew this was coming. But apparently Sean Spears can't let go of the fact that Sammy Guevara beat him or double or nothing. And he's just bound and determined to take Sammy Guevara out any way he possibly can. So then we go to the first match of the night. Powerhouse Hobbs versus Hangman Adam Page. Now guys, this is a big, big, big match. Because whoever wins this match falls in at the number two spot on the ranking system. What that means is, is if later on tonight, when Jungle Boy faces Kenny Omega, if he cannot beat Kenny Omega, whoever falls into that second place in the ranking system becomes the number one contender. It can either be Powerhouse Hobbs or it could be Hangman Adam Page. Now, for those of you who are like, wait, what does this mean? This means, for those of you who are a bit confused, if Hobbs wins, he becomes second place. If Hangman Adam Page wins, he goes. He stays in second because he's second place right now in the rankings in AEW. So he would stay in his position, and if he loses, he would fall down to the third place position. This means that whoever wins, if Jungle Boy cannot defeat Kenny Omega for the title, they are the next ones in line to face Kenny Omega for the AEW title. This is this has huge gratifications in this match because a lot of AEW fans around the world are just itching and chomping at the bit to see Hangman Adam Page go against Kenny Omega. We've been waiting for it. We've been wanting to see it, and we think. I mean, some of you may disagree. Some of you might think, no, 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 no. He doesn't need to go against Kenny. We all know how this is going to play out. We don't really care. Let's give it to Powerhouse Hobbs. I'm not saying Hobbs isn't good. Hobbs is. Hobbs is fantastic. Hobbs is literally a great in-ring competitor. The problem being is, is that Hobbs might not be able to defeat Kenny Omega. I mean, Kenny Omega. You're going to be putting, if Hobbs wins, Hobbs and Team Taz versus the Elite. The t Team Taz is severely outnumbered by the Elite. And we all know Don Callis is a sneaky little guy who likes to come up with easy ways for them to lose, especially when he uses his stooges. Talk about Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler. We know how this works. We, we're not dumb. So, I mean, as much as I would love to see Hobbs get the shot, I'm more inclined to see a match between Kenny Omega and Hangman Adam Page. But this match is to determine, one, who wins the match, and two, who might get the shot? 
if Jungle Boy does not defeat Kenny Omega. Now, if Jungle Boy does, then the second place person would become the new number one contender for the match against Jungle Boy. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. This match was incredible. From the start, guys, this match was incredible. Hangman Adam Page and Hobbs really brought it. They really brought the match. I mean, you're in front of a sellout crowd. The pops just get louder as you go. It's an incredible match. Of course, we're looking around for Brian Cage, Hook, and Ricky Starks. We're looking everywhere for them because we know how Team Taz operates. They all kind of help each other out. With the exception of Ricky and Brian, they have something going on between them that we're not quite sure, but we're seeing the cracks in that, you know, that foundation of Team Taz. So we're not sure if Brian Cage would side with Ricky Starks or not. We're just not quite sure about this. But it was a great match. Halfway through the match, of course, Hook and Ricky did come out. They really tried to cheat in the match, trying to use the FTW belt. FTW belt belongs to Brian Cage. You just swiped his belt and come out with it. What do you think Cage is going to do? Cage comes out chasing after Ricky Starks, gets the belt away from Ricky, and literally goes after Ricky like he's going to beat the daylights out of Ricky for taking his belt. He chases him completely out. Hook tries several times to try to cheat to help Hobbs out, but he can't exactly quite get it. Hobbs and Page have a heck of a match, but of course, guys, it ends with Hangman Adam Page winning that match. So what this means is Hangman Adam Page now becomes the new number one contender if Jungle Boy cannot beat Kenny Omega tonight. Going to be interesting to see where this goes. I mean, like I told you, a lot of AEW fans are looking forward to seeing Kenny Omega versus Hangman Adam Page. We really want to see it. We've been waiting for it. I mean, after everything that happened with them when they were tag team champions, you know, we're kind of wondering how this is going to boil over. So, we kind of got all eyes focused on Jungle Boy's match tonight to see if it's going to be Jungle Boy or Kenny Omega that's going to be facing K-Man Adam Page. We get a promo for the World Tag Team Eliminator match. If Kingston and Penta can win next week, they will, guys, get a title shot. For the AEW World Tag Team Championships against the Young Bucks. This is going to be an incredible match next week. It's going to be incredible to watch. It's going to be exciting to see if Penta... We know Penta and Eddie can work well together. They're you know they're best friends. They've worked together before. It's going to be interesting to see if they can outwit the Bucks and their little stooge Brian Cut or Brandon Cutler. It's going to be interesting. And also if they can outwit Don Callis. Oh, we got to see the Good Brothers coming to this. There's no telling what's going to happen next week on this Eliminator match. But I'm telling you, it's going to be interesting. If these boys can get this, they get a title shot. It's going to be incredible to watch. I'm telling you, it will be. Tony Schiavone's in the ring, and he's with Tully. And he's talking to Tully about, you know, everything that's going on and everything that happened, you know, at the uh, Stadium Stampede match. And da-da-da-da. Well, Tully, being a veteran, you know... We all know what happened in the stadium stampede match involving Santana and Ortiz and the FTR. We know that Conan got involved in this match. Inadvertently, he ended up in this match. But he's connected to the inner circle. So that's why he was there. Because he has this friendship with 
Santana and Ortiz that's, you know, blood's thicker than water, guys. I'm sorry, however you slice it, blood is thicker than water. And these two have a confrontation in the middle of the ring. I mean, literally, um, in the middle of the ring, they have a standoff. Because we all know that it's coming to a fight between Santana and Ortiz versus FTR. We know it's coming. Part of that whole inner circle pinnacle thing that's been going on for a while, which has been a great feud between these two teams. Fantastic feud, feud. But they actually, you know, are in the ring. And Conan's standing up for Santana and Ortiz. He's standing up for them because, it's like he says... We grew up in the hood. Your boys are claiming that they went through the same things my boys went through. Uh uh. Your boys are from North Carolina. They didn't go through anything that my boys went through. My boys are from Brooklyn, the hard side of Brooklyn. And it's true. Santana and Ortiz are from Brooklyn. And they did go. I mean, Santana went through a lot in his life, witnessed a lot of things he shouldn't have. He had a hard life to get to where he is now. Ortiz, same thing. Ortiz, you know, he grew up in that, you know, that the hard, the hard streets of New York City. We know how this is. But for FTR to claim that they relate to Santana and Ortiz, no, you don't. You don't relate to anything. You were just, you're just uh, you, know, you, you grew up in, you know, North Carolina. There were, I mean, yes, there are towns in North Carolina that can be rough streets. But you boys didn't have half as a hard a hard time getting to where you are than what Santana and Ortiz did. Granted, FTR did have a hard time when they were in the other company. They were not given the opportunities that they deserved. They weren't given the shots that they should have gotten. That, to me, was hard. But Santana and Ortiz have lived a very hard and rough life. And... Can't, I mean, that's what made them what they are. That's what makes them the best, you know, great competitors is because they know what it's like to go from having nothing to having something. They get it. But there's this bickering back and forth between the two of them. Them trying to show, you know, who's got the bigger cojones, basically, between these two. Two great veterans who are standing in a ring together, you're representing their teams and representing, you know, who they stand for and, you know, giving it all between each other. And you can see, you know, the animosity between them. And you can see the fight building. You can see it building fast between these two teams. It's getting... Stronger and stronger and stronger to the point that when this match actually does happen, it's going to be a fight to the finish. It's going to be a nasty, nasty battle between these two teams. You know, it's going to be nasty. But, of course, Tully claims FTR, you know, didn't mean to disrespect Santana and Ortiz. They kind of want to make, you know, been, you know, let bygones be good. bygones. Yes, yeah, sure, Tully. I believe you like I believe a hole in my head. We know you. You, 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 you're one of the original members of the Four Horsemen. You guys never played fair. You always played dirty. We're not dumb. We know this. So for you to claim that FTR can relate and FTR understands what you know, what Santana and Ortiz have gone through, no. If I had to pick a team right now between Santana and Ortiz and FTR, I'm gonna have to go with Santana and Ortiz because I've seen them outside of AEW. I know what they're capable of in other promotions. I know what they can do. I know what they bring to the table. I'm not saying FTR isn't good, but I think FTR has been off a little bit more than they can chew. They came to AEW with these high hopes of being this strong tag team that was just going to dominate every other tag team there. You're new pups on the block, technically. 
you technically are new pups on the block. You have not gone through what some of these other tag teams like the Bucks, Santana and Ortiz, the former, uh, you know, SCU. So, you know, some of these other teams have been through a lot. And they've really worked very hard to get the opportunities they have. And you just jump all these other tag teams to claim yourself to be the best in the AEW division. Step aside, boys. You ain't, you haven't faced half these tag teams yet. So you can't claim you're the best division, best one in the division until you have faced them all and beat them all. And you haven't. You haven't even come close. Not yet. Not saying that you won't be. But you got to start from the bottom and work your way up. You can't just jump to the head. But it literally is going to be a fight between these two. And these two veterans and their teams are just going to destroy each other. I see it coming. Of course, you think that he's called out Santana and Ortiz, when in truth it isn't Santana and Ortiz. It's FTR pretending to be Santana and Ortiz because they beat up Santana and Ortiz prior to this confrontation. Here we go again. The Pentacle trying to show up in her circle, trying to prove that they're better than everyone else. Where's MJF in all this? Why is he not, you know, there? Why isn't he, you know, doing... I mean, if you're claiming to be the best in the world, you need to be like Jericho. Be there. Represent. Show that you, you know, you are the best. Not just sit back and go, I'll let my boys take care of it and I'll clean up the scraps. Really? Jericho comes in there, clothes the house out, and then sits back. Come on. Come on, MJ. Get, get off your butt and start showing that you're a leader and not just somebody who cleans up the scraps. But it's going to be a good match. I promise you, it really is going to be a good match. <clears throat> then we move on. Vicky Guerrero comes out on Dante Martin. Dante Martin has a match with Matt Seidel. He's already out in the ring getting ready to do this match with Matt Seidel. And Vicky Guerrero comes out in the middle of the mat. Right before the match. Matt Seidel ain't even out yet. And brings out Andrade with her. I'm loving Andrade being on AEW right now. I'm interested to see where this man's going to go from here. Sky's the limit as to what this guy's going to do. I'm excited to see him. I'm glad he's with Vicky. And Vicky basically says, Guys, I didn't mean to interrupt this match, but excuse me, I have an announcement to make involving Andrade. Well, Matt Seidel ain't hearing it. And he, him and his brother, Mike Seidel, walk out right in front of Andrade and Vicky Guerrero. Just completely interrupt them. Kudos to you, Matt, for shutting her up. She interrupted your entrance. She interrupted your match. Step aside and let the people who were supposed to be wrestling wrestle. Well, you can obviously tell Vicky and, and Andrade are not happy about it. But they let them go on. Matt Seidel and Dante Martin from Top Flight have, have their match. It's an incredible match, guys. Dante Martin actually shows what he really can do. Going from being in a tag team to having to be a singles competitor because his brother is out with a knee injury just shows how resilient this kid is. And he's great. I mean, he's young. He's hungry. He's good. Matt Seidel, veteran, been, you know, been in the business for a very long time. They push each other to the limit in this match. And they do really well. And it's a really great match. If you haven't seen it, go look up Dante Martin versus Matt Seidel. I promise you guys, you won't be disappointed. Of course, Matt Seidel wins that match. Wasn't an easy win, but he did win it. And it was an incredible match. I promise you guys, it was incredible. Oops, sorry. 
Now we move on to Jungle Boy and Christian Cage. They're in the back talking about tonight's match. And they're kind of, you know, Christian's kind of you know, giving him props, giving him praise. You know, you've got this, boy. You've got it. You're doing great. You'll have it. Uh, just go out there and do what you did at Double or Nothing. Shock the world. Shock them one more time. Get this match. Get this win and walk out champion. You've got it. I know you've got it. I think he's got it too. Jungle Boy has done so well since he started. Since his very beginning, he's done so well that I think he might actually give Kenny Omega a run for his money tonight. I think we could see a possible upset. I'm not saying that it will happen, but I'm thinking we could see an upset. It could really be Jungle Boy's night. Christian Cage seems to think so. Probably half the AEW Universe thinks so. Hey, if he gets it, Kudos. If he doesn't get it, hey, you did your best. You worked hard. You're good. Alex Marzez is finally in the back talking to MJF, Warlow, and Sean Spears. He's going on, basically MJF's going on about how he's taken out the entire inner circle. Jericho's on his own. He's taken everybody out. He talks about how he took out Dean Malenko. Very disrespectful to a veteran, but okay, I'll get, I'll give it to you. And he's just going on and on. Well, here comes Jericho and Jake Hager. Apparently, he didn't take out everybody, MJ, because Hager's with him. Oopsie, you dropped the ball on that one. And they come out, you know, in front of the crowd, and the crowd's really cheering. I'm telling you guys, this was a sold out a Daly's place, sold out, packed house. Good. I mean, you hear everybody singing Jer Jericho's music. It's incredible to see. It, it, it's amazing to see this. But they're cheering and they're happy and it's just, you know, it's just great. They're literally tearing each other apart. Jericho and MJF are literally tearing each other apart. Hager and Wardlow tearing each other apart. It's literally, eventually it ends up becoming to where they're outnumbered because of Sean Spears. It gets nasty. I mean, it gets really nasty. We all know Santana and Ortiz and Sammy Guevara have been took out. So pretty much they are outnumbered. But then out of nowhere, in a surprising and shocking move, Sammy Guevara comes out and literally, guys, cleans the ring. He takes out Wardlow. He takes out Sean Spears. He takes out MJF. He comes swinging for the fences and doesn't miss Everybody gets out of our marine. I mean, everybody. MJ literally runs trying to hide from Sammy Guevara because he knows he's in trouble. He basically is just hiding. And um, basically, he tells him, MJ, you chose the wrong guy when, you come, when they made the action figures. They chose the wrong guy. He says, uh, you call yourself, I'm better than you, and you know it. Well, next week... You, you'll be saying, I'm the best, and you know it. Guys, this is going to be an incredible match. Sammy Guevara versus MJF. This is going to be an incredible matchup. I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see it. I can't wait to see what Sammy will bring to the table against MJ. you got two great young competitors who are just literally going to tear each other apart. It's going to be incredible to watch. I promise you. It's going to be epic. I mean, literally epic. 
And we move on to Miro. And he's talking about Brian Pillman Jr. attacking him last week. Now, we all know about Brian Pillman Jr. attacking him last week. Miro running at the mouth, not being quiet, not you know, messing with Penelope Ford when he shouldn't have, which is just going to make Kip Sabian mad. And <laughs> Miro got his lights punched out. He really did. And he basically tells him, look, you attacked me last week. So with that being said, I'm going to put my TNT title on the line next week against you in a TNT match. So next week, we get Brian Pillman Jr. versus Miro for the TNT title. This is, a one, a golden opportunity for Brian Pillman Jr. And two, this is going to be a heck of a match between Miro and Brian Pillman Jr. I mean... It's going to be amazing. It's going to be an incredible match, guys. It's one I'm telling you, you need to watch. It's going to be one of those you better be glued to your television and watching because you ain't going to want to miss a second of it. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Scorpio Sky, of course, he has a, he comes out with Ethan Page. Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page have been running their mouths so much. I'm so sick of hearing it. And he's going to face Bear Bronson. Bear Boulder of Bear Country comes out with him. Now, Bear Bronson and Bear Boulder, they both are from Bear Country. And they've been really good. This match was an incredible match. Scorpio Sky accidentally got took out at one point by Bear Bronson. It, it, it was an amazing match. It really was. It was an incredible matchup. One that, you know, you weren't quite sure which way it was going to go. Of course, Ethan Page did win that match. All ego Ethan Page, excuse me. He won that match. But it's what he did afterwards that gets you going, what? He starts talking about Darby Allen. How many times do we have to go with the Darby Allen story, Ethan, before we're finally tired of hearing it? Darby Allen's whooped you more than once. I think I think he's got your number. I don't think you you've grasped the concept that he has your number, but he does. But any anyways, he's talking about Darby Allen, and he said, "Look, pinning you isn't enough. It's just not enough for me. I I don't think." That pinning you or making you submit is going to be enough for me. I don't think tearing you apart is going to be enough for me. I need a little bit. I need something more. Something a little bit more tangible. Something else that will really hurt you. Because I think me putting the nail in your coffin is going to be good for me. So on July 7th, I challenge you to a coffin match in Miami coffin match guys this is going to be interesting because those matches can get brutal and i mean brutal it's going to be interesting to see if darby says yes it's going to be interesting if tony khan goes hey let's do this this will be a great match let's see it's going to be interesting to see what happens on july 7th it really is it's going to be really really interesting uh Britt baker Britt baker dr Britt baker dmd She's in the back talking about hers and Rebels match with Vicky and Nyla next week. This match is going to be interesting. Because Nyla Rose is the number one contender for the AEW Women's Championship. Britt Baker is the current AEW Women's Champ. The last time these two faced each other, Britt Baker got injured in this fight. She won the match, but she got injured in this fight. So it's going to be interesting to see. And then you've got Vicky Guerrero, who we haven't seen wrestle in quite some time. And you've got Rebel, who really doesn't really wrestle much. 
you know, she's mostly you know Britt's manager, stands on the sidelines and helps Britt out whenever she needs it. This is going to be an interesting match. This is one I really think we need to pay attention to and see where this is going to go and see what's going to happen between these two because it's going to be nasty. It's going to, I guarantee it's going to be nasty. Nyla Rose doesn't. She brings the fight, and when she brings the fight, I mean she brings the fight. You're going to hurt. You're going to feel it, and trust me, she's going to break. The only thing that I'm not sure about is Vicky because we've never seen Vicky. We haven't seen Vicky wrestle in forever, so Vicky's going to have a lot of ring rest. So I'm not quite sure how well she's going to do. Rebel, we've seen her wrestle twice. And Rebel does really well in the ring. So we know Britt Baker and Rebel are going to do great together. But it's Vicky and Nyla I'm not sure about. That's the head scratcher as to how well they'll do next week. We'll have to watch and see what's going to happen with this particular match. Now we move on to Bunny with the Blade. Versus Chris Statlander with Orange Cassidy. This feud has been a very interesting feud between best friends Butcher the Blade and the Bunny. It's been a really interesting feud. And Chris Statlander, ever since she came back, that girl has been dominating the women's division. She has been showcasing what she can do and been showcasing it incredibly. I mean, she's been great. Bunny fantastic performer fantastic wrestler love to watch her work her in-ring performances are fantastic this is a good match this is a really 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 good match it starts out to be a pretty good fair match between them really good matchup blade and orange not really trying to get into it too much just keeping an eye on their girls and making sure that their girls you know have a you know a good match and a fair match it's a great, you know, really, really great match. But, halfway through the match, Blade throws a king from the cog by throwing brass knuckles into the ring to Bunny. Orange Cassidy sees it. He automatically sees it. Goes in and takes the brass knuckles, six in his pocket. No, 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 no. In Orange's mind, you're not going to cheat this match. You're not going to cheat this match. You're going to let these girls win this fairly and let it be a fair competition between the two of them because you're going to spoil it for them. Great matchup. Astronaut, great matchup. Fantastic matchup. Of course, Chris Statlander does get that win. But after the match, TH2 comes out to help Blade. Way to go. Thank you, Jack Evans and Angelico. You just have to come out and stick your nose in something that has nothing to do with you. They come out and help the Blade attack Orange Cassidy. Blade hits Orange Cassidy with set brass knuckles that he tried to get Bunny to hit Chris Statlander with, literally taking a lot, knocking Orange Cassidy out completely. This this is going to be interesting how this goes with Trent out right now due to injury, and we don't know what's going on with Chucky e. T. It's very interesting to find out what's going to happen because we're down one person and best friends. Don't know what's going to happen. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes and what's going to happen between the Blade, TH2, and Chucky e. T and Orange Cassidy. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. And if we're going to go a little further with Chris Statlander and the Bunny, because I mean, come on, she's with best friends. We expect for something to go on, go on with them, but we're not sure yet. We're going to have to wait and see where AEW goes with this and what's going to happen. QT Marshall running his mouth again about Cody. QT can't be quiet. Let the Cody thing go. 
your boy Anthony Agogo lost to Cody. You lost to Cody and Arn Anderson's son last week, Brock Anderson. Let it go, QT. Let bygones be good bygones. You got your butt whooped. Step aside. Leave it alone. Of course Cody's not there tonight. We know why Cody's not there. Shush. Sit down, be quiet, and stop running your mouth. We all know why Cody isn't there. We all know Cody's wife, Brandy, gave birth to their baby daughter. So, of course, he's not there. He's with his wife. Of course, he's not there. So, don't run your mouth when someone's not there, guys. Keep your mouth shut. But QT doesn't know when to be quiet. And how he wants to one day be AEW champion. QT, really? I'm picturing this in my mind. And I want everybody on my listeners out there to picture it in their mind, too. QT Marshall actually making it all the way to being able to be the number one contender for the AEW champion. Now, let's just picture this. Let's say that the AEW champion at that time is still Kenny Omega. Does QT Marshall really think for a second that he can beat Omega for the AEW title? I don't see it happening. I mean, just picture it in your mind. Picture it in your mind in that that, that, that time frame. He could possibly be Kenny Omega. Don't see it happening. I don't see it happening. Do I see maybe sometime down the line, say, for instance, Paige has it or Moxley comes back and gets it or Cody happens to miraculously somehow break the rule that he can't have the title, gets the title, or MJF or one of them has it? I could see QT maybe having a shot. But in your mind, if Kenny is still champ, not, no way. There's just no way that he could actually think that after he steps over, does whatever he finishes his feud with Cody, that he can go after Kenny. It's just not going to happen. It's not, it's not in the cards for you with Kenny Omega right now. It's just not. That's just how I feel about it. Just picture that in your mind, guys. Picture that in your mind, and you'll see what I mean. Play that whole batch in your head, back and forth. Replay it if you want, but I'm telling you, he's not going to be AEW champ anytime soon. I don't see it happening. I see it happening maybe later on down the line, but not as long as Kenny Omega is champ. It's just not going to happen. You're grabbing at straw, invisible straws that aren't there. Brian Pillman Jr., of course, accepts the challenge for the TNT Championship. So now next week, it is on. Miro versus Brian Pillman Jr. for the TNT Championship. That question was popping in your head. Was he going to take it? Was he going to say yes? Now we have our answer. Next week, it will be him. Eddie Kingston and Penta are talking about their match next week and possibly getting a shot at the tag titles. I really think Eddie Kingston and Penta might actually have this. They might actually give the Bucks a run for their money just for the simple fact that Penta doesn't let anything get in his way. He doesn't let any outside interference distract him from getting the main, you know, winning the main match. He 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 really is match focused when it comes to fighting. Eddie Kingston, he'll take out anybody that's standing anywhere near the ring. If you're Don Callis, he's going to take you out. If you're Michael Nakazawa, he's going to take you out. If you're the Good Brothers, he's going to take you out. It doesn't matter who you are. He's, he's going to take you out. 
that I mean, Kingston has faced the Bucks before with Moxley. He knows the game. He knows what the Bucks can do. He knows what the Bucks pull. So he's not stupid. He's got. I mean, he he's got this match. If he doesn't, it'll be shot. But next week, it's a, it's going to be the determining factor as to whether they even get a shot at this. And I really think Penta and Eddie Kingston are going to get it. And it's going to be a fight to the photo finish for these two, but it's going to culminate with the Bucks finally dropping the titles to Eddie Kingston and Penta, which will be fitting because we all know Pat's out with injury. We all know Ray Phoenix is out with injury, and we all know John Moxley's not there either. So it would be fitting for those two to win those titles for their teammates. It would only be fitting for that to happen, and I'm looking forward to seeing it possibly happen, and Pack and Phoenix and Moxley getting to see, you know, getting to share in the victory of these guys winning from wherever they are. I think it's going to be amazing. I really do. Main event time, guys. Main event time. The AEW World Heavyweight Championship match. Jungle Boy with Marco Stunt and Luchasaurus versus Kenny Omega with Don Callis and the Good Brothers. This match, I told you, it was going to be a heck of a fight. And it really is. It is an incredible fight between everybody. I mean, you're not sure what's going to happen. The Good Brothers, when the match first starts, Kenny's talking to them and they're kind of conspiring. And you know what's going on over there in that corner. You're not dumb. Marco Stunt jumps into the ring and starts going with the ref saying, no, they're going to try to cheat. You know, Marco's trying to protect Jungle Boy. And I get that. I get that. But Luchasaurus the whole time is trying to get Marco to get out of the ring because it's, it's, it's not good to be arguing with the ref. And the ref's trying to get him out. Well, the ref decides, I'm not having any of y'all shenanigans. This is going to be a fair fight between Kenny and Jungle Boy. Good brothers, go to the back. Marco Stunt, Luchasaurus, go to the back. We want this to be a fair fight. So he throws everybody out. The only two people in the ring are Kenny Omega and Jungle Boy. Don Callis is up on commentating. Commentator's desk. So he has nothing to do, no horse in this race whatsoever. He's got to sit up there just like the rest of us and watch this match go. And this match is incredible. It is literally incredible. Back and forth, back and forth. I mean, heck of a fight. Well, just as Kenny is about to tap out to the snare trap, who comes out but the thrown-out Good Brothers? And they seem to think, well, guess what? We're going to cheat to make sure that Kenny doesn't tap out and that Kenny doesn't lose. Guess what? Jurassic Express comes out and makes sure that the Good Brothers don't get involved. As they're going toward the back of the entrance ramp, out of nowhere, dressed in all black like a ninja, comes Frankie Kazarian. And he's helping take him to the back. I mean, he literally jumps out of the crowd and lands on the on the ramp and chases them out. This whole thing with Frankie Kazarian and the Good Brothers has got me laughing. It is absolutely hilarious. He is bound and determined to get revenge on what they did to him and Christopher Daniels. You see it coming? He's like the AEW Avenger. You never know where he's going to pop up, when he's going to pop up, and from where. And he does. And he helps get the good brothers out of the match. It's an amazing match back and forth. All this is going on. Kenny's still stuck in the snare trap. And he can't. You know, he's in the middle of the ring. He's tried to scoot several times. Again, Jungle Boy keeps pulling him back, and you're literally going, come on, Kenny, just tap. Tap already. You can't stay in this forever. 
anybody that's ever been in the snare trap normally taps out. But, of course, Kenny finds a way. He finds a way to get out of the snare trap. He tries several times to get the V-trigger. Can't get it because Jungle Boy keeps countering him. Jungle Boy gets him in another snare trap. He gets out again by the miracle of his famous moves. He gets himself out. He finally gets a V-trigger, but doesn't stop Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy gets back up. He can't seem to, you know, get Jungle Boy to submit. He can't get him to, you know, tap out. He can't do anything. He finally gets a one-winged angel after several times of attempting this, and Jungle Boy kept countering. He just... This wasn't an easy win at all. Kenny Omega did win that match, but it was not an easy one. It was a hard one. He really met his match when it came to Jungle Boy. He really was having a hard time because Jungle Boy was countering every move that Kenny could come up with. Everything that Kenny was doing, he couldn't exactly get past Jungle Boy to beat him. He finally does, but after the match, he tries to attack Jungle Boy. He tries to attack him with the title. Out of nowhere... From the back comes Christian Cage to protect Jungle Boy. Well, Matt Hardy comes out because apparently there's a feud between Matt Hardy and Christian Cage and a couple of Matt Hardy's private party. They literally, and here comes the Bucks too, to take out Christian Cage and Jungle Boy. Literally, Jungle Boy and Christian Cage are outnumbered. There's nowhere to go. There, you know, there's nothing you can do. You're pretty much outnumbered when you got the Bucks, you got private party, Matt Hardy, and Kenny Omega in the ring. You pretty much ain't got nowhere to go. But lay down and get ready to take a beating because that's pretty much what you're going to get. They beat the daylights out of him. I mean, they literally do. They beat the daylights out of him. It's, it's nasty. And then they're in the ring celebrating. They are celebrating Kenny's win, his victory, to end AEW. In the back of your mind, as a wrestling fan of AEW, you're sitting there watching them celebrate this, and you're thinking, hmm, Kenny, you're so excited that you've won this match. You're not thinking clearly, are you? Think hard, Kenny, because you're so happy that you got past Jungle Boy. There is a black knight at the gates, and he's ready to take out the main boss. And I'm talking about the new number one contender. I'm talking about his former best friend and tag team partner, Hangman Adam Page. You're not thinking, are you, Kenny? You're not, he's not thinking clearly that you're so excited that you beat Jungle Boy that you're not looking over your shoulder and looking way out at your gates to your castle and seeing the Black Knight sitting right there ready to take you out. You're not watching it. You're not paying attention. Going to be interesting to see what happens. Going to be interesting to see when it finally dawns on Kenny Omega that the next man to come after his title is a former friend and a former member of the elite. Someone that he used to trust. Someone that he could always count on to help him out. And now, Adam's not with him anymore. Adam's been running around with the Dark Order. He's got a bigger problem than what he realizes. Because, yes, Kenny's got the Bucks. Yes, Kenny's got the Good Brothers. But, they're seriously outnumbered by the Dark Order. Because you never know where the Dark Order's going to pop up. You never know when Evil Uno's going to dispense the people. You don't know. So Kenny's got some serious thinking that this man needs to do. And pay close attention to the gates. Because the Black Knight is at the gates. And he's about to knock you off your throne. It's coming. It's a matter of time as to when. Start thinking. He needs to start thinking. 
Now we move on to impact for 624, guys. 624 impact. Impact opens with Kenny Omega and Don Callis entering the building. Callis and them are talking about everything that's been going on and everything that's been happening and yee 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 yee. Well, Callis is told by stopped by a security guard at the door. I told him, "Excuse me, excuse me, Mr. Callis, but uh, you're not on the entry list." Callis goes, whoa, 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 what do you mean I'm not on the entry list? I know I'm on the entry list. I'm an, e I'm an EVP. Of course I'm on the entry list. No, you're not an EVP anymore. You are now a part of the talent. You're not on the list. You can't enter the building. Kenny's literally like, whoa, what? Huh? Excuse me? I can't what? Uh, huh? But uh, anyways, he's like, look, do you know who I am? Do you know who I'm, I am? I'm the man who booked... Omega versus Alpha at the Tokyo Dome. I'm the man who literally single-handedly brought AEW to fruition. Really? Really? I think that was Tony Khan. I'm the man who has kept this company alive. I'm the reason this company's still standing today. Really? I think that was Scott Demore. Yeah, I'm the Invisible Hand. I'm a five-time champion, so you're going to tell me that I'm not on the list. Is that what you're going to tell me? And the security guard the whole time is just shaking because he does not like confrontation. You know, he's being hired by, you know, for impact to make sure that nobody comes in that isn't supposed to be there. And he just lets him buy. He just lets him buy. Like I said, again, you single-handedly brought AEW to fruition? Excuse me, I think that was Tony Khan, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, and the Bucks. I do believe, if I am exactly correct, and as for Impact, and you're the reason it's still there, I do believe that was Dixie Carter and Scott Demore. Are we forgetting? Hello? You didn't do it by yourself. You're not the king of everything. Really? Whatever, Don. You run into the mouth again. It's going to run into the mouth. It's going to get you in trouble. It's going to just going to get you in trouble. But that's that. That's pretty much what he did, and it's ridiculous. Next, we have the knockout tag team champion, champion Kira Hogan with Tasha Steele versus Rosemary with Havoc. This match is an incredible match. This feud has been incredible from start to whenever it gets to the evil twisted finish. We all know, and for those of you who don't know, just how dark and twisted Havoc and Rosemary can be. These girls will just pop up out of nowhere. You'll be sitting there talking to somebody, just regular conversation, and all of a sudden, poof, there they both are. You don't know where they're going to show up, when they're going to show up, and what they're going to do. Now, as for Kira Hogan and Tasha Steele of Fire and Flare, you, these girls, I'm not saying they're not good. They are. They are fantastic, guys. If you've not seen them, go look them up. The problem being is, is these girls have had these titles way too long. They're running around claiming that they're the best team in the entire Impact division. I do believe the other women in the division deserve credit where credit is due. But this feud has been a really good feud between these ladies. And it's going to be interesting to see where this feud is going to ghostly end. It's going to be interesting. But this was a great match. Perfect way to continue this feud between these two teams. It was incredible. It was fantastic. Of course, Rosemary wins that match. 
with her finisher on Kira Hogan as above, so below. She beat her. I mean, beat her. Kira stood no chance. Tasha Steele was afraid to even go after Havoc. She was afraid to even get involved in the match because she wasn't sure what Havoc was going to do. This match is going to be incredible. The, if it culminates into a tag team match that goes to the Knockout Tag Team Championships, I'm putting my money on Havoc and Rosemary. I'm putting all my money on them because this match has been incredible and these girls have really been giving it to each other. And it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. It's going to be interesting to see just how far this goes and how twisted and ghostly ending this is going to be between these four. It's going to be interesting. Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Raju are recapping their attack from last week. Gia Miller asked Chris Bay why he had, didn't get involved or why he hasn't chose the side yet. We all know that the X Division title will be on the line at Slammiversary, and it's going to be a huge match involving a lot of people. I mean, we've got Austin, we've got Fulton, we've got Raju, we've got Bay, we've got Alexander. We've got, and we've got Miguel, Trey Miguel. It's going to be, I mean, six men in one ring fighting for Josh Alexander's X Division Championship. It's going to be an incredible fatal six-way. It's going to be an amazing match. But you're still trying to figure out because, you know, these guys have made a, have made a side. Chris Bay hasn't yet. Chris Bay's not sure. I mean, Chris Bay's all about, I don't take sides. I don't get involved in something that, you know, it doesn't involve me. If it doesn't involve me, I don't want to choose sides. I choose my own side. That's what I do. But everybody keeps pressuring him to choose a side. Choose a side. Which side are you going to be? You're going to be with Trey Miguel and Josh Alexander, or are you going to be with us? It's back and forth. Which one is it? And he basically, you know, says, look, minding my own business is what I do. This is why I do it. You know, I'm going to be the next X Division, two-time X Division champion, I, because of the choices I make at Slammiversary. He goes, you know, that's just how it is. Well, Petey Williams comes up with Trey Miguel and confronts him and says, look, you had better pick a side now before we pick a side for you. You've got to pick a side now. You have to. There is no ands, ifs, buts. Are you with us? Are you with them? Which one is it? Puzzling question as to what's going to happen. Is Bay going to stick to his guns that he doesn't pick a side. He does his own way. Which we, anyone who's ever seen Chris Bay knows that's what he does. He doesn't, you know, he hardly ever tag teams with anybody. He pretty much does his own thing. So to basically tell him, oh, you have to pick a side, that to me is kind of weird. But then again, you know, when you're in a match like this, you it's every person for themselves, but sometimes it's best to have a couple buddies to help you take out some people you don't want in the match so it can be who you really want to fight in a match. It'll be interesting to see. Is Chris Bay going to stay his way or is he going to pick somebody? Which side is he going to pick? It's going to be interesting to see what Impact does with this. Scott Demore, he thanks Tommy Dreamer for having the company's best interests at heart when he fired Don Callis last week. Scott Demore was very, 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 very happy to see that Tommy Dreamer made the right choice and didn't fire him and fired Don Callis. You know, he admits, look, sometimes my judgment gets clouded by the friendships, you know, that I have with some of the people in the back. Sometimes it would get clouded by some you know, my, my friendship with Callis. Sometimes I had a hard time keeping the best interests of the company and its talent at heart. But look, 
You know, I did what was best for the company. I did what needed to be done. Tommy, you have to understand that that's what I've done. I've done what I thought was best for the company and the choices that I made. It's not because I wanted to pick favorites or pick sides or decide to be with somebody else just because. It's because I thought this talent, this one talent was good. I thought this one talent was perfect for this match. I thought this talent would be great for a title. You know, I picked and choose who, you know, under the best interest of the company. That's what I did. And Tommy tells him, look, Scott, by the way, he goes, look, I get it. I get that's why you did that. I, I'm not saying that your choices were bad. I'm not saying that you made the wrong decision. Some cases you did. Some cases you really did some really wrong choices in you know certain things but not in all cases you know just like when you gave Sam, sammy callahan the shot at the title at slammiversary that was the best choice at the time just like when you gave moose the shot for the title you know at you know against all odds that was the best choice at the time but some of the choices you've made kind of got the board a little wondering and scratching their heads going is scott demore really worthy of you know being an evp and being in charge of the company or should we give it to someone else who can handle it you've proven time and time again that between you and callus you stand for what the company stands for you stand for what dixie carter wanted this company to be and you've always stuck by it and i'm not going to say that you're not a, that you're not a good evp because you are you really are but he says with that being said i need to let you know by the way that the board asked me to stay on as a consultant for the company for a little while just to make sure that everything is exactly still at the best interest of the company not to say that your your judgments are clouded and that your decisions are clouded they just want me here to make sure that everything stays within the interest of the company and that nothing gets flip-flopped like it was with callus scott demore's not happy about it but what can you do it's the board there's nothing you can do when the board's involved the anthem board is involved you got to do whatever they say because they are your boss they are the ones that you know tell you what you need to do they are the ones that can fire you you got to let them do what they got to do so now scott demore has tommy dreamer helping him out to make sure everything is good which is good for scott because it takes some of the pressure off demore and lets him focus on what he needs to focus on as a company evp and but it also allows Tommy Dreamer to say, okay, I don't like this decision. Let's change it. I don't like this person having a title. Let's change it. It gives him the opportunity to, you know, have a little bit more say-so in impact. And I like that they're, that, that they're doing this, that they're giving Tommy Dreamer a little bit more of a say-so because Dreamer, he's a great competitor. He is. He was, he's a wonderful competitor. But he's also a great manager. He can make decisions, good decisions, that are best for whatever company he's in at the time. And I'm looking forward to seeing what he's going to do with Scott. It's going to really help Scott out, I believe. It's going to take that pressure off Scott, which is what he needed. He just had too much pressure with Don Callis being helping him out. Don wasn't helping him out. Don was doing what was of the best interest of Don. And that was what was at the best interest of the company. And I think Tommy Dreamer is going to be better because him and Don will be able to work together to do with exactly what is good for the company and not what's good for each other knockout champion diana parazzi versus susan with kimberly and her corner this feud between these three has been ongoing kimberly and susan are blaming diana parazzi for them not being able to get the tag titles from kira hogan and Tasha Steele. 
In the same token, Deanna Parasi is blaming Susan and Kimberly for not, you know, dropping the ball, not doing what they could, should have done, not being more motivated, not being more, you know, you going for opportunities more, not doing what they should do. So, I get this feud. This feud has been a really, really good feud, and this match was a great match. Susan really showcased what she really could do. She really showed what she could do, and she really pushed Deanna Parazzi, the virtuosa, to her limit. But, with that being said, Deanna Parazzi did win that match with the Fuji Armbar. She did a great job. It was a fantastic matchup. I liked it. I know probably a lot of you guys liked it. It was an incredible match. Great to me. If you want to go check it out, guys. I'm telling you, this entire storyline involving Deanna Parazzi, Susan, and Kimberly is getting it's getting hot. It's getting red hot, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens next with these girls. It's going to be interesting to see who's going to face Deanna next. Is it going to be Susan again? Can Kimberly finally step up and say, "Oh no, 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 I want to face her"? It's going to be interesting to see where this goes with this particular feud. We're inside the Swingers Palace, guys. The Swingers Palace, the place where betting and dealing and impact goes on all the time. And it's I mean, this segment, segment is great. It is great. Every time they use it, it gets better and better. TJP and Fahabaha are in there. And they're playing cards and they're having fun and they're making bets. And Swan and Willie Mack come up and sit down next to them. And they decide, okay, we're going to play a little poker with you guys. And, we're, you know, we're going to have a little bit of fun. And TJ and Swan, they have a nice little competitive thing going on together. And it's fun to watch. And, you know, the, it's real, the whole segment is fun. But Swan and Annie in one, of the, in one of their little poker games. He goes, okay, I'm going to tell you what. If you win this hand, if you can beat me and Willie Mack in this hand, I'm going to let you, challenge, let you set a challenge out. Anybody in impact? Anybody you want to face, let you set a challenge up. So they have their little game, and TJP and Faha Baha win that match, win that card game. So TJ looks at him and goes, "Okay, you tell me I can face anybody. Else. We can face anybody we want to." Swan goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, whoever you want." TJ goes, "Okay, we want to face you and Willie Mack next week on Impact." Swan's like. Okay, I like this. I, I like this little competition between you and I. Hey, 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 let's do this. And yeah, they shake hands and they go back to playing their game. And it, it, this is this is incredible. Just I mean, because we all know how close TJP and Swan are. We know that TJP and Swan are really close. And to see this kind of friendship, friendly competition makes it fun to watch. And then you've got TJ's partner, Faha Baha, and Willie Mack, who I think are going to be incredible in a ring against each other. This is going to be a really good match next week. I'm looking forward to seeing what Swan and them can do. I'm looking forward to seeing TJ and Swan in the ring against each other. It, some of their matches in the previous company, they were fantastic together. I'm excited to see what's going to happen. This is going to be an interesting match. Don Callis runs into Tommy Dreamer in the back. He's walking along, just be bobbing along on his phone, and Tommy Dreamer happens to come around the corner. And Don tells him, well, no hard feelings between us there, Dreamer. After what you did to me last week and humiliated me, there's no hard feelings between us. And he tells him, no, nah, there's no hard feelings. We're good. We're good. You, 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 we're cool, Callus. No problem. No problem at all. We're fine. Callus goes, well, I seem to beg to differ. 
So I'm going to tell you what. Why don't you form a team of three? You handpick them yourself for your team. To face my team, Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers in a six-man tag team match next week. Now, guys, Dreamer won't be competing, and neither will Callus. They're basically picking Kenny's already. I mean, Callus has already picked his three. Basically, Dreamer's going to go through the entire Impact roster and pick three people to represent Impact to face the Elite from, of course, AEW. So it's going to be interesting to see who Dreamer picks. Who's he going to pick to face Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers next week? Team Dreamer versus Team Callus. going to be interesting to see what happens with this. Raha Raju versus Petey Williams. Trey Miguel and Shira are out there. So is Austin and Fulton. And this match turns into a free-for-all brawl. It starts out as a great match between the two of them. Really, really good match. It's incredible. But, of course, when Fulton and Austin get into it, it turns into an all-out free-for-all. Of course, they attack Petey Williams and Trey Miguel, causing the DQ, which, of course, gives, you know, Raja, Raja, the win, it's 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 a nasty fight. I mean, literally a nasty fight between all of them. I mean, it turns into an all-out brawl. It seems like this X Division's title match is going to be a nasty fight because this team, these teams can't seem to get along. They can't seem to, you know, you stop fighting against each other and beating the heck out of each other. And literally, Petey Williams and them are seriously outnumbered because, I mean, you've got more people on Fulton's side than you do theirs. It's get, it's getting ugly. But, of course, the match continued. After after the match, it continued to, continued to attack Williams and Miguel. They stood no chance. They were outnumbered. Four to forty-two, literally outnumbered. Here comes the X Division champ Josh Alexander to try to even the odds up a little bit, to try to help them. But the numbers game is just still too much to help either one of them, any of them. The whole time this is going on, Trey is trying to you know get into the try to help him out and everything. Chris Bay comes out, and he's literally standing at the top of the ramp. Observing the whole thing. Again, not picking sides. Again, not getting involved. Because that's Chris Bay. He does not do things their way. He does things his way. So, I mean, he doesn't get involved. He watches them beat the heck out of each other. And doesn't get involved. It's going to be interesting to see. If Chris is going to pick a side. Or if he's going to do what he's been doing. And stick to himself. Sticking to himself is going to either help him in this match. At Slammiversary. Or it's going to hurt him. To me I think it's going to hurt him. Because everybody else is going to gang up on Chris Bay. To get him out. Because he didn't. You know, he didn't help either team. So it's going to make it very difficult for you know Chris Bay. Really truthfully and honestly. I think Chris Bay needs to choose Josh Alexander. Because. It would be an even fight between all of them, and they would, you know, they, the odds would be even. It would be a little bit easier if Chris wants to face Josh Alexander to get help him out, get everybody out, and get the opportunity to face Josh himself. To me, that would be the more plausible thing to do. But like I said, Chris Bay does his own thing. That's just what he does. That's how he is. You wouldn't expect anything less for him not to choose a side. Two of the members of Team Dreamer have been revealed, guys. Dreamer finally has named two of his people. Two of his people. Number one, Moose. Who didn't see Moose being involved in this match? 
Who did not see Moose wanting to get his hands on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega after what they did to him at Against All Odds? Who didn't see it? The second team member, Sammy Callahan. Now, this could be a problem. Because Callahan has tried to get Moose to, you know, kind of side with him, side with Impact, and be a little bit more, you know, help me out. You scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. Pretty much that's what it's been. I kind of saw Callahan being involved in this because, of course, he does have a match with Kenny Omega for the title at Slammiversary. So I kind of, plus he has a big chip on his shoulder when it comes to taking out Callis' team. He's had enough of Don Callis' shenanigans, so he kind of wants Kenny out. Problem being, him and Moose can't seem to see eye to eye. So it's going to be really difficult, and if you, whoever the third person is, is going to have a hard time dealing with Moose and Callahan not getting along. Dreamer's kind of really concerned, you know, because Moose can't get along. It's not going to be get along, be able to get along with the third team member. He's going to have a very hard time getting along with the third team member, but he doesn't announce who the third team member is. You're scratching your head, thinking, who could it possibly be? That would be facing with Moose and Sammy Callahan. That we know Sammy Callahan and Moose can't get along. So who's the third person? Who 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 is it? Who are we dealing with? Guess we'll have to wait till next week to find out who's going to be with Moose and Cam Callahan. Hopefully it's not somebody that's going to cause friction already when there's already friction between two of them. Have to wait and see if if Dreamer will reveal who the third is and if we're going to actually get a team that's going to be. You know, Unified to take on the elite and get them out of there. You know, stand up for impact like they're supposed to. Interesting to see. Rachel Erling, she calls out Jordana Grace to talk to her about their issues. She says, look, I've been at my lowest point in my career, and so have you. She says, I hate how people treat us. I hate how people look at us and disrespect us because of where we came from and what we've done. She says, but look, People are going to be, you know, jealous. They're going to be mad at the way that we've done where we've came from. They're not going to like the idea that we're stepping in and automatically getting opportunities when others should. I get that, but we have come into this company and we have earned these opportunities. They weren't just handed to us. We earned them. And they're right. When they faced for the knockout tag team championships, they did have to fight three matches in order to get that shot. Granted, they lost the They won the titles and then lost them a week later. But saying that is, you know, the girls have really worked their, you know, butts off to get to this point. To you know, to you know, try to do what they can, and people are going to get jealous. I get that. I see where she's coming from. I get it. She says I was wrong for doing what I did to Jordana Grace following a string of losses that we had after we lost the titles. I kind of, you know, disrespected her, kind of, you know, mistreated her when I shouldn't have. I should have been a good friend. I should have been a supporting partner. I should have told her, look, it happens. We lose. We pick ourselves back up. We train some more. We do what we have to do to get back to number one. I get that. She says, but all of our problems started when Tennille Dashwood decided to stick her nose where it didn't belong. When she decided to step in and try to put a wedge between the two of us. She says, that's where it started. Jordana snaps at her and says, look, the issues, the issue is thinking that she cares about what Dashwood says or what Dashwood does. She doesn't care about Dashwood. The only person she cared about was Rachel, her partner. 
her tag team partner, her best friend. That's all she cared about. And for Rachel to think that Tennille was the problem becomes a problem. Becomes a serious problem. She goes, look, I don't understand where this animosity for me came from and why you're acting this way. Well, they start having a little bicker back and forth. Pro wrestling legend Jazz comes out and says, hell, so gets in the middle of the ring. He gets between both of them and goes, look, 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 look. I saw great things in both of you when I asked Scott Demore to bring you to this company. I saw great things in the both of you as singles competitors. I thought the two of you together would be a great team. I thought you could go to do great things within this company, not only as a team, but as individuals. I saw things in you that the other company did not. That's why I had Scott bring you here. Because I saw the good in both of you. The good in both of you. I handpicked you both. That's why I put the two of you together. Because I knew the two of you both had greatness within you. And you could go far in this company together. Not just separately. Way to go, Jazz. Stand up for them. Let them see that, hey... She busted her butt and jumped through hoops to get Scott to get them here. Only for them to be bickering now over something so silly and trivial. I get where Jazz is coming from. I get it completely. She goes, look, despite your wins and your losses, you can still overcome this, come back strong, and win. You could win. You could, the sky's the limit. That's where you girls can go if you put your petty little arguments aside. Teams bicker. I get that. She goes, I used to bicker with my tag team partner. I get that. I get that you bicker. But the deal is, at the end of the day, when you're in a ring, you're in it together. You're in it to win it. You're in it to prove that you are better than people think you are. And with that being said, you got to put your issues aside. Go in the ring and do what you do best. Don't let anyone get between you. Don't let anyone tell you differently. Don't let anyone tell you you can't do anything. Because... I have faith in you. Scott has faith in you. Dreamer has faith in you. Heck, even Callus had faith in you. Everyone in this company has faith in the both of you if the two of you stand together. The whole united we stand, divided we fall. You know, she, Grace goes, I know what you're trying to do. I get it, Jazz. I get what you're trying to say. But I just don't think that we can get past this problem that we are having. She tries to calm down the situation, but Tennille Dashwood and Caleb, with a K, come out to the ring. And it just, it's, it, Tennille is literally poking at both of them. Just, you can see that Tennille is the wedge between them. She is wedging her way between them, and you can see it. Jazz can see it. Everyone can see it. It's brutally obvious that this is the problem. This is the underlying problem. Not what everybody else thinks in the back. It's what Tennille thinks. It, it, it's just, it's crazy. But she tries to calm down the situation and tries to get him to calm down and just, just shush, shush. Rachel won't have it. Rachel just, tell, just tells her, shush, be quiet. She goes, look, I know the way to solve the problem. I know how to solve it right now and get it over with so we don't have to deal with this anymore. I think we need to have a one-on-one -on -one match. I think that that's what we need to do to get past this hump and do what we have to do to, you know, work as a team or not work at all. We need a one-on-one -on -one match. But 
And she goes, but I don't want to have a one-on-one -on -one match with Grace. I think that the problem is, is the wedge. I want a one-on-one -on -one match with Tennille Dashwood to end this thing now to prove to Tennille and to everybody in the back that I deserve to be in this division. That I deserve to be where I am and that no matter where I came from, I deserve to be here. Before Tennille can even say anything, anything at all, she jumps up on the ropes and takes a swing and literally misses with that clothesline. Jazz literally jumps into the ring and it's on. The fight is on. The fight is literally on. Rachel finally gets in there, gets it all broke up. She grabs a chair and starts swinging and gets the ring cleared out. It literally ends with Rachel, Jazz, and Jordana standing in that ring looking down at Tennille and Caleb with a K, staring them down going, okay, go for it. Come at me. Go ahead. Let's do this. So you, you, want, you want to step in this ring and fight me? Alright. Come on. Get in here. But you're going to face the other two girls that are standing with me. Tennille backs down. She just stands there and backs down. Don't see Tennille Dashwood backing down for very long. I see this getting this escalating. I see it escalating and I see it escalating fast. Now we move on to Sam Beagle and Brian Myers versus Jake something. Sam Beagle is doing really good. Now this whole thing with Brian Myers, I don't know what is going on with this. I don't know what's happening, but this match, when it started, it looked like it was going to be a squash match with Sam Beagle, of course, with Brian Myers outside. You know, Jake something having a hard time getting past, you know, Brian Myers, but that wasn't the, the case. Brian Myers literally he couldn't even get involved in the match because Jake something literally annihilated Sam Beagle. Annihilated him. I mean, completely annihilated him. He finished him and beat him with the black hole slam winning the match. After the match, Myers gets the mic and says, Hey, Beagle, don't blame yourself for the loss. In order to be successful, you must do the opposite of whatever someone else does. Scratch your head and go, What the heck is Brian Myers talking about? Has he hit his head? Has his whole obsession with Matt Cardona got a little crazy? What is going on with Myers? Don't know. Going to be interesting to see where this goes. What's going to happen between these two? It'll be interesting to see. Eddie Edwards and Sashi are out, are preparing for their match against Violent by Design tonight. Eddie basically offers Swan and Willie Mack when they walk up, and they're, you know they're telling them, "Good luck, good luck on your match. Hope you get the tag titles. Looking forward to seeing it." You know, Eddie goes, "Hey, I'll tell you what. If we win those titles, we'll give you guys the first crack at it. We'll let you see if you can take the titles off of us." Swan's like, oh, I like that. Yeah, sure, that'd be great. He says, but I'm still a little banged up from my last match with W. Morrissey. Edward says, don't worry about Morrissey. He'll get what's coming to him. Just wait. Don't worry about Morrissey. We got Morrissey covered. Uh-oh. Morrissey, you might have a little problem here in the form of Eddie Edwards, so you better be watching yourself. Not to mention, Tashashi might actually take you out. I'm warning you, this guy's from New Japan. He's from New Japan Pro Wrestling. Don't play around. He's a serious competitor. Could have a problem here. Wait and see what's going to happen. So then that leads us to our main event. 
Impact World Tag Team Championship match. Violent by Design, Joe Donnery and Dinner with Eric Young and Rhino versus Eddie Edwards and Sashi. This is a great match, guys. If you've not seen this match, go look it up. It is an incredible match. I'm promising you guys, it is incredible. Back and forth, not sure who was going to win. Really was hoping that maybe, you know, by some freaky chance these guys would get it. It was an incredible match up. Amazing matchup. Of course, it did end, guys. With Violent by Design winning. But that's because of Eric Young. They got involved in it. Who didn't see that coming? When you got Eric Young and Rhino out there. It's expected. And of course. They win with the Revolutionary Bomb. Seems to me they're really selling Violent by Design. Keeping these titles for a while. I'm not quite sure how long they're going to hold these titles. But it seems to me that that's what Impact is going with. Is they're going to let Violent by Design have these titles for a bit. Could we possibly see Willie Mack and uh, Swan go after it? It's highly possible. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes. Now, we're going to move on. Guys, like I said, stick with me. This is a double feature. We're going to move on with AEW for 630. AEW opens up, of course, with Chris Jericho coming out. He's going to be on commentator. going to be on commentator desk tonight. Oh, I love it when Jericho's on commentator it's, it's, it's great. When he's on commentating, it's great. Him and Taz, fantastic at the desk. I love to listen to it. I'm excited. You know, everybody, you know, is loves Jericho. We, you know, it's, it's, it's incredible to see, hear him on there because he calls it like he sees it. He has a little bit of fun with it. It's going to be interesting to see and hear him on commentator's desk tonight. Of course, they also let us know that they are going back on the road, and this is the last night in Daly's place. Next week, they will be on the road again, traveling again, and so tonight they're going to reveal the best moments in Jacksonville, this being the last night before they go on the road, so it's going to be interesting to see this. First match we get of the night, Eddie Kingston and Penta versus Young Bucks in a tag team eliminator match. If Eddie Kingston and Penta win, they will get a tag team title match. The Bucks, I've told you guys about how these Bucks look. Sometimes they're, I swear, they look like they walked off GQ magazine every time they come out. This time they look like they walked off a 70s television show. They look like they came from somewhere from the 70s because they come out with these mustaches literally as JR would say it. It makes them look like they are from a 70s porn show. And I'm telling you guys, go look at this. It is unbelievable how they look. I mean, just literally, they're killing me. They're literally just killing me with the way they look. It's... It, I don't know what's going on with the Bucks, but you can definitely tell this is just, this is mad. This is some kind of messed up. It's really seriously messed up. But they're literally in this match, still the, you know, Nick Jackson and Matt Jackson still poking at WWE, guys. They're still poking at them. And I love when they do it. It's fun to watch. You know, you're waiting to see later on, you know, when you're watching Raw or SmackDown, is, AE, is WWE going to go back at AEW? It's fun to watch this little thing unfold. It takes you back to the WWF and WCW war days. It takes you back that far. It, it, literally, they are poking, but the match incredible. The match was great. The Good Brothers, of course, come out 
and try to help out. Frankie Kazarian again shows up. I told you, he's like a ninja. You never know where Kazarian's going to come. And he just, out of the blue, comes at the Bucks again. The, 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 it's an incredible match. Of course, Cutler tries to do his famous, let's spray you in the eyes with the spray can. He accidentally, inadvertently, sprays Matt Jackson in the face with that can. About dang time. About dang time that that can got turned on the Bucks. About time. Literally about time. Frankie Kazarian is literally fighting with the Good Brothers. He literally gets in the ring and takes everybody out. I mean, takes everybody out. This match is still going on. This match literally is an incredible match. Back and forth. Guys, Eddie Kingston and Penta win the match. So they get a shot at the tag team titles versus the Bucks. This is going to be an interesting match. I'm excited to see what's going to happen with this. I'm excited to see where this is going to go. I'm looking forward to when this actually physically happens. I'm thinking Fighter Fest. That's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking that they're actually going to have to fight at Fighter Fest. And it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I'm interested to see what stipulations might be in this match? What kind of match it might be? Will it be a regular wrestling match? What are we, what are we going to see? It's going to be interesting to see what they do with this. It really is. It's going to be interesting. I'm telling you guys, I think it's going to be Fighter Fest. I really do. Christian, of course, is in the back, and he's talking to Jungle Boy, and he's trying to make him feel better after his loss last Saturday night, trying to make him feel, you know, feel, hey, you did the best you could. You proved without a shadow of a doubt, you know, you're, you're a good competitor. Luchasaurus comes up and says, Hey, we've never and we've never met. Let me introduce myself. I'm Luchasaurus and it's nice to meet you. And you know, they're having a little conversation back and forth and you know, he told me, he goes, I wanna tell you something. I wanna thank you for having Jungle Boys back last week. I really appreciate you helping him out. He says, and because of that, I'm gonna have your back. Whenever you need me, I'll be there. I like this. I like Christian Cage kind of be brought into you know, this whole group. I like it. I like seeing it. I think it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. I'm kind of excited about it. Ethan Page. He's back out running his mouth again and talking about the coffin match against Darby Allen and how he wants to destroy Darby Allen. Ethan, Ethan, Ethan. A coffin match is right up Darby's alley. You, you're cruising for an, a whooping. A major whooping. A whooping you ain't going to be expecting. And, you know, he keeps claiming how he can beat him in this match and how he's got this and how Darby can't win in the match. And every time that, you know, this match happens and after the match happens, every time he does a coffin drop, he's going to be thinking about Ethan Page and how every time he even looks at a coffin, he's going to think of Ethan, Ethan Page. And he just keeps running his mouth. Well, he runs his mouth a little too far and the lights go out. Ladies and gentlemen, winter has came to Jacksonville, and out comes Sting, dragging a coffin behind him. Ooh, got the brain flowing, doesn't it? What in the world is in that coffin? Well, out pops Darby Allen and beats the heck, and I mean the heck out of Ethan Page. Scorpio Sky keeps trying to get into it. Sting takes him out. Literally, he is destroying Ethan Page. Finally, Ethan Page literally gets out of the ring. He goes, whoa, whoa, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Darby, 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 Darby. Because security gets in there to break everything up. They're trying to get everything calm, trying to get everything settled. And he goes, Darby, 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 hey, hey, hey. If you touch me, 
before our coffin match at Fighter Fest. You won't get a match. Basically, he's telling him, you can't touch me at all. MGF, MJF move when he did that with Cody. We remember that one all too well when MJF put that step, if you touch me before our match, the match is off. We remember that step. Now, Ethan Page is using that exact same step. He only said Darby Allen. He said nothing about Sting. Boggles the mind, doesn't it? Makes you wonder, could Darby get Sting to do it for him? Could Darby find someone else like Preston Ten from the Dark Order? It boggles the mind as to what's going to happen with this. So then our next match is Jack Evans versus Jungle Boy. This match is incredible. It is a fantastic match between one half of Hybrid 2 and Jungle Boy. It is an incredible matchup with a great match. I mean, really great, great, great match. Guys, if you haven't seen it, go look it up. It's incredible. I promise you won't be disappointed. It is literally incredible. It finally ends with Jungle Boy beating Jack Evans with none other than the snare trap. The best part about it is, is this is Jungle Boy's 50th win in AEW. That's a huge milestone. He's the first competitor in AEW to make it to 50 wins. That is incredible. That is absolutely an incredible milestone for Jungle Boy. To first, he had that title match against Kenny Omega, which was an incredible matchup to this. That's a milestone. A huge milestone. But after the match is over, Matt tries to attack Jungle Boy. He tries to sneak out and attack Jungle Boy. But Luchasaurus and Christian and everybody comes out and the fight is on. They literally clear the ring. Matt Hardy is going to keep pushing Christian Cage to the point that he is going to beat the living daylights out of Matt Hardy. I'm telling you, it's coming. The fights between Christian Cage and Matt way back when were epic fights. You can only imagine what this one's going to look like in AEW. You can only imagine what's going to happen. MJF claims that he has out-wrestled Jericho. And that he's just better than Jericho. And you know it. And then uh, MJF running at the mouth again. And he basically goes, oh, come on, because but you haven't seen nothing yet. And he just goes, bad, 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 bad. we really don't care, MJ. Move on. We don't care. We know Jericho can beat you. with you, Even if you know, even if he had one hand tied behind his back, he can beat you. The only reason why you've been winning is because of your other boys. If your boys weren't in it, I guarantee you, you'd lose. I guarantee you, you would. I am pretty sure you would lose against Jericho. But, of course, he has to run his mouth like MJ always does. Would we expect anything else less from MJF? No, we wouldn't. Kenny Omega comes out. Looking good, guys. He looking good. He looking real good. He got the sideburns. He looking really, really good. Styling and profiling in that suit. He looks amazing. Comes out. Still champion, of course, grinning like a tissue cat, proud to be in that position. I mean, he just looks great. He says the best part is he woke up feeling like a king, like a king over a castle. He feels so good and so relaxed. And look, 
I'm going to let you guys in a little secret. Y'all won't be seeing me for a little while. I'm going to take some time off. Because, look, I've beaten everybody I can possibly beat on the AEW roster. Guys, you'll see me on Impact. But, you know, I need a little break from AEW. And, you know, just to chill, relax a little and feel good. There's not really any opponent back there in the locker room that could really take me. So, I'm just going to take a little hiatus. Well... Dark Order seems to beg to differ because they come out and step into the ring with Kenny Omega. Evil Uno steps right up to Mega and says, Look, I'm tired of hearing you say you have no challengers. I mean, you're not thinking clearly. You're not looking over your shoulder, are you? I mean, come on, guys. He's claiming to be a king. A king of a castle. What did I tell you guys at the end of the last one? There's a black knight at the gate. And he's ignoring that black knight like it's nothing. Like it's invisible. Like it doesn't exist. That black knight should totally destroy your kingdom in a second. Without you even noticing. But yet, Kenny seems to think he has no challengers. And Dark Order seems to think differently. Kenny tells him, look. Are you trying to say that you want to face me, Ivona? Ivona goes, no. No, 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 no. Not me. He goes, oh, what are you saying, Preston 10? He goes, no, not Preston 10, not Stu Grayson, not Ryan Reynolds, no, not Reynolds, not, you know, not Silver, not any of them. I'm talking about someone else who's with us. Someone else who's been with us for a while. Someone else that you know, according to the ranking system, is the number one contender for your title. Kenny goes, whoa, 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 whoa. Are we talking about Hangman Adam Page? Is that who we're talking about? Because I don't think Paige has the guts to face me. I don't think he has the courage to beat me. I don't think he would even want to challenge me. Come, I mean, come on. He doesn't want to face me. Paige, Paige doesn't want to face me. No, 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 no. He's no challenge. I, 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 no. And Kenny walks off. Really, Kenny? You're a king sitting on your throne in your pretty little castle with your bucks and your good brothers and your Don Callis and your stooge Michael Nakazawa and Brandon Cutler and you're telling me that you don't think that the Black Knight of the Gates is not going to storm that gates with an army and take you out. Do you really think for a second that he is that afraid of you? I don't think so. I think Paige is just sitting back biding his time. He's waiting. Just like a strategic knight would do. A strategic opponent would do. And wait for the opportune moment to strike. And I'm telling you, Kenny, you're not paying attention. That black knight is right there. He's circling the gate. And he's waiting for the opportune moment to strike. And when he does, you might just kiss your kingdom goodbye. Because I'm telling you right now, if he gets the opportunity to strike, it's not going to be pretty what Paige brings to the table. And I'm promising you, it doesn't matter who you have in your corner. Paige has some has the dark order in his corner and they're not going to let you get away with what you think. Not only do you have a problem with dark order, but you also have got Eddie Kingston and Penta. And you've got the AEW ninja, Frankie Kazarian. Your numbers are literally outnumbered. 
And if by some shocking thing, you've also got to worry about if Pac, Phoenix, and Moxley return. You literally have the Knights circling the gates. And it's not looking good for you. So to underestimate Hangman Adam Page is a silly and crazy move. You better be prepared and you be better be looking over your shoulder because Page is going to take you down. It's coming. It's just a matter of when and how. Well, we get Brian Pillman Jr. versus Miro for the TNT title. Guys, this match was a good match. I was afraid when it first started that it might be a squash match. But literally, Brian Pillman Jr. brought it to the next level. He really pushed Miro to the point of possible no return. And it was a great matchup. It was an incredible matchup. Great, great you know, defense for the title. Really good. Of course, like I said, Miro really brought it. Pillman brought it. But unfortunately, Pillman didn't bring it enough because Miro did retain. But guys, I'm telling you, go watch this match. It is an incredible match. You won't be disappointed in this match. Go on your social media. Look it up. I promise you won't be disappointed. Well, Dark Order in the back, and they're all kind of talking and, you know, having their little discussion about what happened. And Hangman Adam Page comes up and tells them, hey, look, why did you go out there? Why did you even do it? Why did you say anything? You you just left it alone. And Dark Order's trying to calm him down. They're trying to tell him, look, 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 look. We had your best interest at heart. We, you know, we were trying, you know, to do our best for you because we think you have this. We really think you've got this. It's your time, Paige. It's your time to be champ. We really do. We had your best interest at heart. That's the only reason why we did this. We were doing this for you. And Paige is kind of, you know, starting to calm down a little bit. And Dark Order starts to walk away. And Alex Reynolds turns back around. Guys, Alex Reynolds is an incredible performer. He's an incredible person. He's an incredible performer. Brody Lee did a great job when he brought him in to the Dark Order. He really did. Him and Silver, incredible. But what Reynolds does next shows just how truly incredible he really is. He stops and turns around and tells Paige, your time is now. Your time. It's your time to be a champ, man. You can do this. I know you can do it. I have faith in you. I believe in you. You've got this. You've got this. You've got Kenny. You've got it. And he walks off. That, to me, speaks volumes from Reynolds. For Reynolds to stand up and say, Hey, I believe in you. Same thing with Dark Order. Standing up and saying, Hey, we believe in you. We believe you can do this. Yes, we get knocked down. We lose all the time. But we learn the, the lesson that from that match and we go on. You, whether win or lose, you're still... It, you're still number one to us. You're still you still could get this. Win or lose, we're still gonna be with you. Win or lose, we're still gonna stand with you. But we believe you have this. And truthfully and honestly, I believe Black Knight's got it too. I think he might just give Kenny a run for his money. I really see it coming. Hoping it comes sooner than later. But we'll see. Well, we've got some breaking news on Team Taz. Taz tells us basically that he understands that we've been seeing the feud between Starks and Cage, and it's just, you know, if you notice, it's just Hobbs and Hook, no Cage, 
no Starks. And they kind of want to clear the air and kind of get this thing settled so that Team Taz can get back on track doing what they're doing. So, Brian Cage will have to defend his FTW title next week against Ricky Starks. Where did this come from? Got completely blindsided on that one. You're just going to make the cracks in your team even worse when you put these two together to find each other for a title. You know, damn well, Brian Cage is going to bring out all the stops to keep from losing that title. Also, FTW title, you've never defended it once since he's had it. Now, all of a sudden, you're defending it, and you're defending it against one of your own team members? What? Head scratcher there. Serious head scratcher there, guys. So, now we get Vicky Guerrero and Nyla Rose versus Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, and Rebel. This match was great. It was an incredible, incredible match. Britt Baker and them brought it to levels you would think they would never bring it. Nyla Rose, Vicky Guerrero, I figured Vicky might have a little bit of ring rust. Oh, no, 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 no. Vicky was incredible. She was absolutely incredible. You actually get to see just what kind of competition Britt has for her title with Nyla Rose because they literally tear each other apart. It is an incredible match, guys. Absolutely incredible. Of course, Britt and Rebel win that one. It's an incredible match, though. Incredible match. But after the match, Nyla Rose attacks Britt. She literally tears Britt apart. Let me throws her through a table. Just to prove a point. I told you, this match right here is going to be nasty. Very nasty. Because you've got the number one contender going after the current AEW Women's Champ. And I mean, she just literally beast bombs her through a table. Who didn't see that coming? This is going to be interesting. This is going to be fun to watch to see exactly where this goes. I mean, congratulations to Britt for getting a win on Nyla, but congratulations to Nyla for proving, hey, I don't take a lose lying down. I don't do it. That's not going to happen. You and I are going to tango, and the outcome's going to be different when it's you and me, one-on-one. It'll be interesting. Santana and Ortiz are with Hager. And, you know, they're talking about the whole thing with Tully next week and how they're, you know, their bunch is going to, you know, bring the fight to Tully and FTR. I told you guys, I thought this match was going to be an incredible match between two great tag teams. Two incredible tag teams. It, it's going to be amazing to see what these two tag teams, the best that they can bring out in each other and how hard they're going to work to try to get the win. Your biggest factor is going to be Conan and Tully. They're going to be your biggest factor because they're going to be on the outside of that ring. Tully likes to cheat, so you got to watch Tully Blanchard. This, and you also got to watch for the rest of of the Pentacle, possibly sneaking out there and trying to get a win. This match is going to be good. It's going to be incredible. I cannot wait to see this next week. This is one I'm telling you guys you really need to watch. It's going to be a great match. I promise. It's going to be a really good match. We move on to the main event. MJF versus the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara. I knew this match was going to be good right from the start before it even happened. I told you guys this match was going to be incredible. And this match was exactly what I said it would be. An incredible match. 
Of course, Sean Spears and Wardlow, they come out midway through the match, making it a little bit more difficult for the. Literally, Sammy Guevara is taking MJF to his limit. Sammy is doing incredible in this match. He literally is pushing MJF to his breaking point and literally whooping his hide. I mean, all over the place. Guevara is showcasing what I've said all along, how good of a competitor he really is. And he really shows it. Of course, now you got Spears and Wardlow out there, and you got even a bigger problem. But I kind of think MJ's injured because at one point he literally, guys, he can't stand. He can't even get up. He he does this move where he jumps off the ropes and he uses his knee to hit Sammy. Well, when he hits Sammy, he also hit the mat. And he hit it hard with his right knee. That knee gave way. You saw it give way. MJ can't get up. Every time he tries to stand up on that leg, he falls. Every move he tries to make using that leg, he falls. He can't exactly get himself stable enough with that leg to do anything, which leads me to believe there could be a knee injury involved in this in this whole thing. MJF doesn't quit. He keeps going even though he has that one problem, he keeps going. Of course, Wardlow, because he came out, Jericho's not having this, he's not going to have Sean Spears and them get involved. Jericho goes off a commentator's desk and goes to head right to help Sammy Guevara. True friend, that's what you do. You help your friends when they're in trouble. That's what you do. That's just what you do. And we couldn't expect anything less from Chris Jericho other than that. And, you know, they try, you know, Wardlow takes out Jericho to try to distract the ref. But while that's going on, Sean Spears, while he's being distracted, hits Sammy Guevara with a chair. Who didn't see the chairman doing that? Who wasn't surprised that MJF would cheat to win? MJF does win that match. It's what happens after the match. Where Wardlow literally picks up Jericho and power bombs him. I mean, he right through a table. Boom. Right through it. it, it it's shocking. It, it's literally shocking to watch. And I'm hoping MJ's okay. I really am. Sammy Guevara and him really did bring a good fight. But I'm hoping MJ's knee's okay and they, you know that it's nothing serious, nothing that he might be out for a while. Because we love seeing MJF. We really do. We look forward to what this boy's gonna do next. He you know, he, he he he's a young Chris Jericho if you look at it. I mean he really is. So really hope that his knee is okay and that it's nothing serious that's gonna keep him out for a while. You know, maybe he bruised it, maybe he bumped it the wrong way. I'm hoping that it's nothing that's gonna take him out for too long because I'm really looking forward to seeing what MJ's going to do next and what the Pentacle's going to do next because it isn't the same without him. It's just not. It really isn't. But AEW, as promised, at the very end of the night, did a great video package, guys, of what has happened since the very beginning of 2020 when we had the whole thing with the pandemic. They showed everything. I mean, they showed matches with Brody Lee. They showed Double or Nothing. They showed Akara Shida winning her title at Double or Nothing. They showed, you know, the TNT title match between Lance Archer and Cody Rhodes. They showed, you know, Brody Lee and John Moxley feuds. They showed, you know, they showed a lot of things, guys. If you have not seen this, if you are an AEW fan, go on your social media and type in the final video package for AEW and Jacksonville at Daly's Place. And go watch. It's everywhere. It's on Twitter. It's on Instagram. It's everywhere. Go look this up. It takes you back. It takes you back to everything that we went through with them 
for the past 18 months. It takes you back to everything. I mean, it really gets you in the feels. It gets you really strongly certain things you see, like Cody standing in the ring with Kenny in an empty arena at Daly's place and no crowd, no fans, no nothing. The feuds with, you know, with Akarashita winning the title, you know, the feud with Moxley and Brody, the the you know the thing the everything that happened you know you get to see the thing you know the little celebration for Brody Lee that gets to you. this video package is incredible it is absolutely incredible and it shows what this company did as an AEW comp as a company as a whole to help AEW fans get through together what we all went through for the past 18 months without this company we might have not gotten through it we might not have you know witnessed some of the best matches we've ever seen we may have not witnessed all this stuff had it not been for this company and this company really showcased it and really showed it and i'm telling you guys it will get you it'll get you right in the fields you get, get you a tissue box because i promise you're gonna cry Get you a tissue box. It's moving and it's powerful, and it shows what we all went through to went through together with AEW during the pandemic. It shows really. It's it's a really good video package. That's all I can say. Get your tissue box. It's a really good video package. Okay, we're gonna move on to Impact for seven one. Of course, it starts with Eddie Edwards versus. Sashi wasn't expecting this, but it's a good match between two best friends. It looks like it's going to be a really good match. And right as they're about to go out, the match doesn't happen. And I'm going to tell you why. Because Sashi gets out there, and Eddie Edwards is nowhere to be found. And you're like, okay, where's Eddie? Eddie wouldn't have dodged having a you know friendly competition with his friend. There's no way. Morrissey pops up on the screen and tells Eddie Edwards or tells Sashi. By the way, thought you should know, your your partner, the person you're supposed to fight tonight, isn't here because I took him out. Camera pants down, and Eddie Edwards is laying on the floor. Morrissey took him out. So now what? What are we supposed to do? We're not going to have a match. No match between these two. And you know you're looking forward to seeing some friendly competition between two best friends. Well. Brian Myers and Sam Beagle decide we're going to solve that problem right now. We're going to fix it right now. And they attack Sashi, taking him out. Well, Jake something isn't having it. He's not having it. He comes out and basically grabs a chair and starts swinging for the fences. Literally clears the ring. Him and Sashi are the only two still standing in the ring when it's done. Scott Demore comes out and says, hey. I'm going to send a ref out here. This is like a really good match. Let's have the tag team match. So the ref comes out. So now we have Jake something and Sashi versus Brian Myers and Sam Beagle. It is a good match. Great match. These four competitors really bring it and give it their all. It is an incredible match. I was not sure how well Beagle and Myers would be able to go again, work together against something and Sashi. But they literally, they, they, they're great. They're fantastic. It is a great match, guys. It ends, of course, with Jake something and Sashi winning that match. This whole thing with Morrissey. Leads me to believe it goes back to what Eddie Edwards said last week when he told Swan, don't worry about Morrissey. 
He's going he's to get what's coming to him. Well, apparently Morsi heard it, and Morsi wasn't happy about it, so Morsi decided, I'm going to fix this now. I'm going to take him out. Now we're setting up a few with Eddie Edwards and Morsi. This could be very interesting. It could be very, very interesting in this whole thing. It really could. So then we get Rachel Erling versus Sunil Dashwood. I told you guys Rachel wanted this one-on-one match, and now she's going to get it. And she literally gets it. These two girls literally bring down the freaking house. They tear that ring apart and each other. It is an incredible match back and forth. Erling showing what she can do. Dashwood showing I'm not backing down. You're gonna you you're gonna lose because I'm gonna prove you're gonna lose. She did not come out with Caleb with a K, which was actually shocking, but she didn't. It was, you know, Jazz didn't come out. Jordana Grace didn't come out. It was a great match between the two girls. Incredible, you know, showmanship. Incredible ring performance. Rachel Erling wins that match. After the match, Erling gets attacked by Dashwood, and of course, Caleb with a K comes out to help Tennille. Comes out to help make sure that that Rachel doesn't get back up. Well. Jazz and Grace, Jordana and Grace aren't having this. They come out and make a save, basically with chairs and kendo sticks, clearing the ring. Literally making the girls back off. Basically, Grace is standing over Rachel going, Come at me, Tennille. Come on. Just come at me. Give me a reason to swing at you and take your head off. Give me a reason. Grace gets up. Our target kind of walks around, steps over, and Erling gets up. They're kind of standing and staring at each other, and you think, oh, great, there's going to be a confrontation between these two girls. They're going to knock the heck out of each other, and we're going to see a huge fight, and Jazz is going to try to break it up, and you're really concerned that's what's going to happen. But no, Rachel takes the high road. She goes over to Grace and thanks her for helping her, and they hug, reuniting Rachel and Jordana. This right here is going to be interesting. This right here is going to be interesting. Jazz, she did an incredible job getting this team back together. Josh Matthews is on commentate on commentator desk. Basically, says these girls are standing tall. They're pretty much showcasing what they can do. They, you know, let them be knockout champions again. Let them know. Let them know. Hey, we'd love to see them as knockout champions again. They would be incredible as a knockout tag team champs. Sky's the limit as to what these girls are going to do. And Jazz Jazz knew it. Jazz knew it when she brought them here. Sky's the limit as to what these girls are going to do. And I'm excited to see them pair back up after this whole fight. Do I possibly see one of them turning on each other? Yeah, eventually. It, it happens with most teams. But it might be a while before that happens. could be quite a while before it happens. We're going to wait and see what they do with it. TJP and Faha Baha versus Rich Swan and Willie Mack. We were ready for this fight. This was going to be a great competition between you know the two teams. We were going to, I was excited to see TJP and Swan, you know, kind of have their little feud together again. It was going to be a really great match, but guess what? The match doesn't happen. It doesn't even start because Violet by Design comes out and takes them all out. Really, Eric Young? Really, you're going to start this feud with Rich Swan again. Seriously? He beat you for the Impact title way back when. You almost ended his career, and you're telling me you're going to start this feud with him again. Are you crazy? You know what happened the last time you had a feud with him and you did something you shouldn't have done. TJP and his team literally took you out. 
Are you insane? Are you jumping? All of a sudden, ooh, I want to go back with Swan. Go back at Swan again. Outcome's not going to be good for you. Not going to be good for you at all. Going after these two teams. These two teams aren't even coming after your belts. But you seem to think they are, so you seem to think you can take them both out. Going to be interesting to see how these two teams respond to what Violent by Design did. Going to be interesting to see if TJ, Willie Mack, Faha Baha, and Swan kind of form a little team together and go after Violent by Design. This is going to be interesting to see what's going to happen. Excited to see what's happening. Of course, then we get Petey Williams versus Chris Bay. Now, I told you guys, Chris Bay goes his own way. He's been going his own way from the very beginning, and this match, prime example. He literally, I mean, this match was incredible. He literally showcased what he could do. He really showcased why he deserves to be a two-time X Division champ. He really proved it. It was an incredible match between the two of them. Back and forth. Not quite sure what was going to happen. It was incredible. It was an incredible match. Of course, Chris Bay won that match. After the match, Ace Austin, Madman Fulton, Raju, and Sari come out to the ring, and they start beating down Petey Williams. Here we go again. Here we go again where you guys can't leave Petey Williams and the other members who are trying to go for the X Division title alone. You just have to make it all about you, don't you? They're literally beating the heck out of him. And again, here comes Josh Alexander and Trey Miguel to make the save. They're trying to help him and save him. Bay the whole time is watching this from the ramp again, like Chris Bay always does, uncertain on what he's going to do. You're kind of going his own way. And finally, he gets tired of watching it. He can't see it anymore. He just can't stand it. He takes off down to the ring and joins Alexander, Williams, and Miguel and clears the ring. I mean, clears it. Wipes it out. So finally... Mr. Go His Own Way has made his decision. And I think I'm kind of proud of his decision because he might get a chance to actually face Josh Alexander on his own terms like he wants to. If he's with them, he's got a better chance at getting to face who he really truly wants to face, which is Josh Alexander. It's going to be interesting to see where this goes at Slammiversary. It really is. Okay, then we have Steve McLean versus M Manny Smith. This match was a good match. These two guys really showcased what they could do, but Steve McLean really cleaned house on this. This guy is getting better and better. If you guys don't know who he is, if you're scratching your head going, who, who, this might help you out a little bit better. Steve McLean, for those of you who are questioning, used to be a member of the Forgotten Sons in WWE. He was also known as Stephen Cutler. Yes, you heard me correctly. Stephen Cutler. He now goes by Stephen McLean. And I'm telling you right now, this boy has got that fire in him that he used to have in the Forgotten Sons in NXT that brought them so much, you know, so much greatness in the team. He's really got that fire, and you guys need to go check him out. You need to go check him out and see what he's all, all about. You can go back and look at him in WWE when he was Steven Cutler. This guy is good. He's incredibly fast. He's incredibly athletic. He's a great competitor, and he's going to go far in, 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 you know, in impact. He's going to go really far. I see him going really far. Now, am I seeing that maybe his tag team partner might come to impact there's a possibility that we could see wesley blake who now goes by weston blake there could be a possibility that he could come to impact don't know 
it would be interesting to see and it's going to be interesting to see where this goes we'll just have to watch and see if what's going to happen with this but right now he's killing it in impact he is literally killing it and you guys need to go check him out he's incredible i promise now we get on to the main event. But before we get to the main event, I'm going to kind of give y'all a little something here. I told you guys that there would be a third person that Tommy in, or that you know, Tommy Dreamer had not really told us yet. He had not told us, but he told us that this person's going to have a really problem working with Moose. That had everyone scratching their head as to who the third person was in Team Dreamer. It really scratched everybody's head scratching. We knew Callahan and Moose were not going to get along, but we were hoping we would get a third person that might be able to bring the balance and keep the team together as a whole. Well, third person was Chris Sabian. We all know what's going on with Chris Sabian right now. If you don't, I'm going to give you a little filler before this match. Chris Sabian and Moose have a feud going on right now. A very, very, very crazy feud. And these two literally are hell-bent on beating the daylights out of each other. They are literally, they are worse off in being a team than Callahan and Moose are. They just cannot coexist in the same space. Callahan and Moose can coexist in the same space, sort of. But Sabian and Moose, mm-mm. They can't coexist. So where in Tommy Dreamer's mind that he thought it would be a great idea to put these two together? Because granted, guys, they got to face each other, Moose and Sabian, at Slammiversary. So why in the world would Dreamer's mind think putting Sabian in with an already ticking time bomb, Moose and Callahan? But he does. So now we have Team Dreamer, Sammy Callahan, Moose and Chris Bay versus Team Callus. Kenny Omega and the Good Brothers. This match is an incredible match in the beginning. Sammy Callahan, really him and Chris Sabian, really showcase why what you how good they are together. And really showcase that they can represent impact and really put the fire in what impact stands for and really light a fire under Kenny Omega and them. They really do 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 really great together. The problem is is they can't get Moose to work with them. Every time that Moose Chris Sabian goes to make a tag to Moose, Moose jumps off the apron and wants nothing to do with it. So Chris has to tag in Callahan. Callahan is getting frustrated with Moose because Moose won't cooperate. But if Callahan goes to tag in Moose, Moose is all for it. Let's go. Let's beat him up. I want a shot. Let me in. They can't seem to work together and Tommy Dreamer is seeing this. He's watching his team literally crumble right in front of him literally crumble in front of him they just can't get it together and it's mostly moose not wanting to work with sabian 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 and callahan are carrying this match they are literally carrying it moose the whole time is sitting back he might as well be sitting back in a chair eating popcorn and drinking a coke because he's not he's not helping he's not doing any favors for dreamer he's not doing any favors at all for his tag team partners he's just not and that's what costs him the match course team callus kenny omega and the good brothers win like i said guys the team just can't get it together after the match moose and sabian are at each other's throats they just won't stop fighting over who's better who's good sabian's trying to tell them look we needed you in this match we needed you to put your feelings with about me and callahan aside and help us out we just we, they're literally fighting and callahan's like 
I can't do this. I, I can't deal with this. I can't deal with you two bickering. And Callahan walks away. I just can't handle it. Tommy Dreamer realized, okay, I really dropped the ball on this one. I made a bad decision in putting Sabian in this match with Moose and Callahan, who are already destructive as it is against each other. And I literally put the match that you know, the match that lit the fuse. Knew this was going to happen. Knew this was going to be a problem. Callus is probably laughing all the way home that he beat Dreamer at his own game. Not quite sure what there's what's going to happen after this. Not quite sure what the consequences of Tommy Dreamer's actions are going to be. Not quite sure what Scott Demore is going to think about this because he dropped the ball with impact. He dropped the ball bad. He thought he was doing what was at the best interest of the company when in truth he should never put Sabian in that match. Or really he should never put Moose in that match. Sabian and Callahan were doing just fine without Moose. I mean they were doing great. Should have put someone else in that match that would have represented impact and made it to where this volatile situation didn't cost them the match. That that that's my opinion, and it's gonna be interesting to see what the consequences on impact next week is gonna be for Tommy Dreamer. And of course for Moose for not, you know, cooperating. And I can only imagine what Callahan and Sabian think. I can only imagine what they think and what they're gonna say. It'll be interesting to see what's gonna happen. Again, guys, I want to thank you guys for listening. Because without you guys, there would be no me. And I appreciate you guys for sitting through this double feature. I know it was really long, and I understand it, but I promise you guys, it was worth the wait. It was worth, yeah, I promise you it was. I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I do. Guys, I thank y'all so much for listening. Because like I said, without you guys, there would be no me. There would be no In the Ring with Brandy. Anything you guys want to talk about about wrestling. It doesn't have to be impact. It can be anything. Give me a shout out on my social media, on my Facebook, on my Twitter at Wrestling Nights, Nights with a Z, or on my Instagram at In the Ring with Brandy. Tell me what you think. It doesn't have to be about this match. It can be about anything you want to talk about. I'll give you a shout out back. We can have a discussion. Again, also follow me on those social media networks. You, you, you can even tell me, hey, I love your show. I think it's incredible. You, or, no, I don't like it. You know, we, you change it up a little. Whatever your opinion is, I would love to hear it. I love positive and negative feedback. I'm looking forward to hearing what you guys have got to say. Again, I want to thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you for sticking with me for this long. And next week, I promise you guys, you won't be disappointed. It's going to be a great week. Looking forward to it. And we'll see you guys next time with more wrestling action. Have a wonderful night. And thank you so much.